sugar man Won't you hurry Cause I'm tired of these scenes For a blue coin Won't you bring back All those colors to my dreams you were listening to the Real Movies Podcast, a podcast about documentaries. I'm Rob Carmack. I'm sitting here with John Rhodes. How's everybody out there? We are talking today about the document or the 2012 Academy Award nominated documentary, Searching for Sugar Man. If ever there is an air of intrigue and mystery around a pop artist, it is around the artist known as Rodriguez. We thought he was like the inner city poet. He was this wandering spirit around the city. He's like a wise man, prophet. How many records do you think he sold in America? In America, six. Born in a troubled city. Well, it's still a bit of a mystery how the first copy of Cold Fact actually came to South Africa, but it spread very quickly. To many of us South Africans, he was the soundtrack to our lives. Everybody I knew had his records. The message it had was be anti-establishment. Really, the first opposition to apartheid, they'll tell you that they were influenced by Rodriguez. But nobody knew anything about him. He was a mystery. Then we found out that he had committed suicide. And a lot of people have different versions of the story. He set himself a light on stage. He reached down and pulled up a gun. I thought it'd make a good story. Find out how Rodriguez died. There was nothing on the record to tell us who he was or where he was from. So we started looking quite deeply at the lyrics. I met a girl in Dearborn. We found him, we found him. These are the days of miracles and wonder. I heard he did like a little construction work. It was really doing the work that no one else wanted to do. Rich in a lot of things, but perhaps not material things. I said, in South Africa, you are more popular than Elvis Presley. Next day, he says, uh, Emerson, I got to go on tour. I said, why is that, Rodriguez? I wonder. This is really going to be Rodriguez. We'll only know if we can actually sing these songs. And the best part are still to come. Thanks for keeping me alive. I found this to be a fascinating documentary about uh, a music artist from Detroit from the 1960s and 70s whose name was Rodriguez. And he his sound is compared to Bob Dylan mainly. I mean, he's he's got that folk that tends to be the go to comparison, yeah. the Bob Dylan. Although, and we can talk about this in a minute. I, I feel like that's an incomplete comparison. Right, 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 right. And uh, so he he had two albums put out in the United States, both by music industry standards, well, by anybody's standards, were giant flops yes. in the United States. Yeah, in, in fact, I think the record producer – I'm, I'm sure he's being hyperbolic, but he says it sold like six copies. Right, so. <laughs> and he owned a couple and and Rodriguez owned some. That's right. So uh, yeah, apparently nobody bought his album. However, his album made his way over to South Africa in the early 70s, uh, right when they were trying to take down apartheid. And it became kind of the voice of the youth – for that generation, it, and, in, in a very real way, it cha- his music changed the world. Yes, as far as the people in South Africa knew. But there's a trick, and so go yeah. ahead. Well, well, his I mean, his music blew up, but he didn't know it blew up. He had been dropped from his record label and was back in Detroit working on houses and doing construction and doing demolition, and was none the wiser that he was. A legend 
in different parts of the world. He was, I mean, you could probably say he was the biggest musical like phenomenon as far in in the world of South Africa. Yes, and he had no idea. No, and nobody in South Africa was searching him out because they were all functioning under this urban legend that he had committed suicide on stage. Right, and in a day and age of no Google and no Snopes, you couldn't find out anything different. Yeah, yeah. As far as as far as they were concerned, that's exactly what happened. And so we have these two albums that we love, and they will be the, the anthem of our people yeah. for forever. And so, yeah, that that is such an interesting thing. And so, in we off the air, we compared this to a love story, and so yes. almost like a sleepless in Seattle, like you have two two individuals on opposite sides of the globe, essentially, who who need to meet each other because they, they already, they, they were, it's almost like they were made for each other. And so yes. you have, you have South Africa with this, this long lost rock star that no one has ever seen or heard from as far as they know ever. And then you have Rodriguez living in Detroit with no idea that there's an entire nation of people who, whose lives he has changed. Right. And so the documentary follows, I mean, it starts out with these guys in South Africa who are kind of obsessed with Rodriguez mm-hmm. and with his music. And they essentially start out to kind of, really define who was Rodriguez. Like who was this guy and how did he get to be who he was? I mean because so little was known about him. Yeah. Nobody knew any anything about him and – Well, so much so that they had to like take lyrics. They couldn't figure out who he was. Right. They had to take his lyrics and analyze them to figure out what city he, he might live in. Right, and by a, a very small lyric – of I met a girl in Dearborn, yeah, and the guy had to go and look up in an atlas. What what is Dearborn? Yeah. Where is Dearborn? And he came up with Dearborn, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit. And so he assumed because it talked about her being from the suburbs that maybe this guy was from Detroit. But I mean, they even say like his Cold Fact album is a picture. They didn't know anything really about him. They didn't know how tall he was because mm-hmm. he's sitting. You know, Indian style on the uh, on the ground. He's wearing sunglasses, a hat, a hat. He's like by all standards, he's in disguise. I mean, everything about this guy is incognito. They know so little about him, and the only picture they have of him is you know this one of him sitting on the ground. Yeah. So they don't have a whole lot of information about him, and they decide you know let's try and find out what we can, and they actually make a website. That uh, kind of mocks the milk carton. Have you seen this guy? Yeah, website, and it makes its way back to this article. Makes its way back to the United States and is read by Rodriguez's daughter. Mm-hmm. His daughter contacts these people and says, "Rod," because they were looking. How did this guy die? Like, what happened to this guy? Like, where did he? What went wrong? Yeah. And so she. Talks to him and basically says he's not dead. He's here in Detroit. <laughs> he's, he's working construction yes. in Detroit. <laughs> he's demoing houses. Yeah. Um, and so, so they they ultimately, I mean, like their mind is at this point blown because their their biggest rock star of their generation has all of a sudden literally come back to life. Yeah, right before their eyes. Yeah, very much so. And. So these guys now get an opportunity to kind of come meet him and tell him what big of an impact he had on South Africa. And so you see – I mean you see this whole movie kind of develop with 
these guys searching him out, finding him, and they do eventually bring him back to South Africa, and everything – I mean the whole the whole story plays out along with just this incredible soundtrack yeah. of Rodriguez. That, and that's something I feel like – is just as big a star as anything in this in this film is the music itself. Like, yes. and this is the first documentary we've done that's sort of a music based documentary since Pearl Jam Twenty. And unlike Pearl Jam Twenty, this is accessible. No, okay, Pearl Jam Twenty is accessible to those who like Pearl Jam. Right. Searching for Sugar Man is accessible to everyone because nobody has heard Rodriguez, and so it's fun because you, as as you watch the documentary, a part of the enjoyment of it is you're discovering this guy's music. For most of us, I would imagine for the very first time. Right. I'd never had you I'm, ever heard of no, Rodriguez before no. this. I had never heard of anything about this guy. I'm I'm a big music fan, and this guy has never been on my radar. And and it's because that's he's just America is is not where he became famous in in South Africa. You'd have to be living under a rock to not hear of Rodriguez. Absolutely. In, in the United States, you, no one has heard of Rodriguez. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's fascinating stories all the way through this documentary. Um, I mean, part of the reason that he blew up in South Africa was due to the fact that the government the government ran the radio and the government tried to shut this guy down, and so he was like a banned substance, and that just made the youth want more of him yeah he's a voice of the subversive yes under un, underclass essentially which i mean i guess that in in that way he is very comparable to bob dylan right. because dylan became like the voice of the the people yes in, in a lot of ways like the the poetic voice of protest and I mean, so rodriguez in yeah. sat, without knowing it that's yeah. what's amazing is like in no way was rodriguez attempting to comment on the politics of south africa in the 1970s he had no idea that those people were even listening to his music i mean his lyrics were just about understanding and sticking up for the little man yeah and 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 that rang true all through south africa you know what that, okay th this is something that we hadn't talked about before but the idea that art good art is is true regardless of whether it was intended for you or not right because and because rodriguez is like we said in no way is he attempting to comment on the situation in south africa however because his his voice is so honest and so true and so compelling People who he's he doesn't even know exist can hear that and think this is about me. Yes, that is good art. It, it, I mean, it becomes a rallying cry. Yeah, for for all of them, and 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 yes, and it speaks to them in a in a way that I don't think a lot of people could. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, and we talked about he, he's in in a very real way for for the people of South Africa. He has changed the world. And there's yes. one point where someone is asked from South Africa. Like, because I think we have a hard time contextualizing what must this have been like for the people of South Africa to finally learn that this rock star of theirs is alive, and like how big a deal really was he? And there's one point where someone is asked, "Okay, compare him to say the Rolling Stones in South Africa. Is he who's yeah. bigger? The Rolling Stones are?" And the, the guy says, "Oh, no question, Rodriguez. Rodriguez is so much more important to us than the Rolling Stones." That to me was probably the most revelatory thing that said in the whole thing. Like, oh. What you're saying is I have no – like this This is way bigger than I'll ever understand. Right. And so – I it, mean some of the things – like yeah. like you said – by the way, I think maybe our listeners should know that this is take two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we were going to try and not mention that, but yeah, that's uh, a good I point. Mean, <laughs> because, because we do need to talk about something that we did. I mean like you made mention already that um, in the in the podcast that didn't make it. Yeah, we recorded um, an entire podcast that was lost to the ether. So yes. we're – yeah. So, but you said this would be like 
all of a sudden John, John Lennon. Lennon just shows up and has not been dead. Right. In in the nineteen eighties I was mortally wounded, but I wasn't I didn't die and, and all yeah. of a sudden I'm alive and I want to get the Beatles back together. Yeah. How do you or, guys feel about that? Exactly. Or I mean <laughs> well and and maybe it's not even I mean, it may not even be like that because John Lennon knew how big he was. That's right. So that, I mean, that's that's where the metaphor breaks down. We yeah. have, we have no comparison to. This. I mean, this guy didn't ever have this idea of how big he ever was. He was just like, sure, I'll go play some shows, and then he's playing sold out shows all over South Africa. You know, for for these people who I'm sure some of them are are like, am I going to see a ghost? Like, right. This is like watching a ghost come back to life. Yeah, and it's not insignificant that the venue size is not small. Like we're talking about like soccer stadiums. Yeah. And like but essentially this would be like the Madison Square Garden tour that yes. he goes on and he sells them out. It, it's it's unreal. And he, they get off the plane. There's this great scene where they're talking about what it was like to get off the plane because he took his daughters with him. Yeah, yeah. And they, they see like crowds and limos and they say, oh, man, somebody famous must be here. And it's them. And they, yeah. they have no idea. And that's such a – it's such a cool, heartwarming thing. And something you had said was – you like Rodriguez proportionally as much as you dislike Jackie Siegel, who yes. was the protagonist in um, The Queen of Versailles. Yes. And the thing that you said you liked about him was because he maintains this humility and this just generosity of, about him that we don't often see. Yeah, I, I mean he is he is the antithesis of Jackie Siegel, right. whereas she cannot get happy – she cannot discover her own happiness – no matter how many things she owns and buys and has, and he has been he has been stepped on and spit on and and discarded and is still understanding his true happiness and where he is in light. One of the things that we haven't talked about yet is he blew up in South Africa. He sold millions of albums in South Africa. Yeah. I mean he had a couple songs go platinum. Sugar Man went platinum in South Africa. You would think I mean, obviously, if people are buying all of this, then they would – there's got to be money. Yeah, there's, there's, somebody's paying money for these yeah. albums. So However – All that money was going back to Sussex Records, his record label, yeah. who had dropped him and conveniently did not pay him for any of this. Yeah. So although he's selling – although he should have you know, a good amount of money – Coming in from his record sales in South Africa and in Australia, in New Zealand, he's getting none of this. And the owner of of or the CEO of Sussex Records, um, I just, yeah, what was that guy's name? We, uh, we had it before. Yep, Clarence Clarence Evan. And so Clarence is taking all this money, and it's just. Supposedly, yeah. Suppose, well, yeah. We, Clarence knows where the money is. Let's just say that, that yeah. You know that there, there's a really interesting interview and Clarence because because his his tone changes so significantly in this scene because they're they're interview. He's talking about how much he loved Rodriguez. Such a, he's one of the best artists I ever worked with. Okay, so what happened to the money? Why is anybody? Why you gotta ask me about money? Yeah, let's, let's just talk about money here. That's the contract from thirty years ago. Yeah. So okay, and this 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 huge blow up about. Where'd the money go? Yeah. And no, nobody nobody cares about a 30-year-old contract. And he starts dropping the F word. Yeah. And he, like, he, he gets mad when they start asking him about money, which tells me – and the thing is it'd be really easy just to make this guy the villain of the whole documentary, and I'm glad they didn't. But right. that was an interesting aspect. Like this guy 
this would be the, the equivalent of Michael Jackson never being paid for Thriller. Yeah. And so, like, that's that is unheard of. In, in, but in in the world, this his label. I, we have, feel like we have to use the words allegedly, but his label allegedly knew that they were selling albums that they were producing. Like somebody was ordering these albums to be shipped to South right. Africa. Somebody was shipping them, and someone was getting paid to ship them. And yet, no one seems to have seen what where all that money went. And so, um, but but the thing is, that, like you said, this is the year before the, the age before Google. They're on the other side of the world. What's Rodriguez going to know if no one ever sends him a check? Right. And it turns out he didn't. No. And and he, this guy was ultimately living on or below the poverty line for most of his life mm-hmm. in Detroit, Michigan, with two kids with, and with yeah, I think three. Oh, like, three yeah, kids. With yeah, three yeah, right. kids yeah. and and uh, I mean, he he had a rough life. And so he has every reason to be pissed off. He has every reason to be mad. And when they go to him and say, what do you feel about the money? And he's like, what does it matter? Yeah. He's like, he's like, the money doesn't change who I am. He's like, I, I do what I do because I love it. Yeah. And, and he has the best attitude about his own life and about how he – like what his goals are and what he wants people to know and that kind of thing. And so he is ultimately happy with what he has as opposed to needing, oh, well, if I only had this contract or if I only had this. I mean, yeah. I say, well, don't you wish you could have continued the music? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I'd love to do music. He's like, I, I love playing music. I would have loved to keep doing music, but, you know, sometimes things just don't work out. And, he has this this reality check that is not – he's not depressed about it, mm-hmm. but he's like, it just happened. He's like, there's plenty of people that can't play music. Why Why do I have to be bitter about that? He, he's entitled about nothing. No. Which is, is refreshing after having watched The Queen of Versailles. Yes. For sure. I mean he and, – and the thing is he deserves to be well-known. He deserves to be a superstar because he is, mm-hmm. but – He's not upset that he didn't have that life. No. Well, so much so that um, – and I don't remember if this is in the documentary, if, if this is something I, I read later. But like he – I think this is in the documentary where he goes – and even when he goes to South Africa, he tours to sold-out shows. He, and he's very well paid, and he doesn't keep the money. He gives it away. Right. Well, did you – I mean I don't know if you noticed that one part in the documentary where they said when he was on tour with – when he was on tour in South Africa, they were putting them up. In these giant suites, mm-hmm. in these like huge two bedroom suites, and he has this huge king size bed in his own bedroom, and he sleeps on the couch because he doesn't want to make somebody else have to make another bed. Yeah, that's yeah. Like I mean, that just speaks <laughs> to the kind of person that he is. Find he, another rock star who thinks that way. He is yeah. thinking about the maid that will have to clean his room more than than himself. Yeah. You know, and and I mean that is that is a humbling experience to know that this guy could have anything he wants. When he's in South Africa, he is a king. Yeah, I mean he is royalty to them, and he is thinking about the the lady that's going to come in after him and have to clean his room. Mm-hmm. And for you, and we, th- this this comes up a lot, but for for you, it seems specifically 
your ability to enjoy or not enjoy a documentary comes down to are the people I'm watching this documentary likable or compelling in yes. some sort of way, which is I, which is why you reacted so negatively to Queen of Versailles yeah. and why it seems like you're reacting quite positively to Searching for Sugar Man because – Rodriguez is unbelievably likable. Yes. I mean, he he is such an interesting, likable. Um, you he, you cannot help but root for this guy and want him to succeed and want him to be loved and treated well. And so that's it, it's easy to watch a movie about somebody that you feel that way about. You know? Yeah, and the idea behind all of this really does it. I mean, it really helps that there's an incredible soundtrack and that it's really well put together. I think. So, I mean, the whole package helps me like this movie. It has so many elements that I enjoy. Yes. It has it has an awesome storyline. It has an incredible soundtrack. It has compelling characters. It has just – I mean, I don't know. There's, there's feel-good moments and there is some heartbreak moments, but they're necessary. And so, so many things – I enjoyed about this. It, it's a cinematic experience. Yeah. It's not just, and th- th- we've talked about this with other documentaries as well. This isn't just like a Ken Burns, like here's here's some information, which is, this totally could have been yeah. because it's a you know it's a pretty chronological kind of story. However, what they do is they take it and they find all the most important human emotional elements of it, and they say this is what it felt like for Rodriguez. This is what it felt yeah. like for the people of South Africa, and to be to be like like a love story. What it was like to be united with this you know this entity that you've longed for, and so. Um, it's it's a beautiful, compelling, uplifting story, and it, like you said, it does not hurt that the music is fantastic. Yes, and and we talked about it. it's he's 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 referred to in a lot. He's compared to Bob Dylan in a lot of ways, but there's also a little bit of James Taylor. There's a little bit of Paul Simon. There's it's more than just like he's not just a Bob Dylan knockoff. He is no. he is his own thing, and so. Um, but it's really – it's good music. It's a great story. It's likable characters. It's, it's one of these guys you, you just want him to do well. Yeah, I mean. Did we already mention that you turned around and purchased the the soundtrack? I did, and, yeah. And, and I purchased Cold Fact, the his first album. Yeah, both of us we liked, because we liked it so much. I would imagine a lot of the people, and th- I think maybe this is one of the side benefits of the documentary is that now in the ni- in 2013, all of a sudden Rodriguez's music is finding an American audience. Yes, <laughs> be- because of because of this um, because of this documentary, and so I. I it would have been it would have been wrong for me to watch this documentary and enjoy the music so much and not buy one of the albums. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like that. It, it was just so good. every every song in this movie is great. Like so, not only are you watching an interesting story, it's being soundtracked by a really really good bit of music. Yes. And so it's I I really just I, it, you know like Pearl Jam twenty, but more so the music is so instrumental. No pun intended to um to the flow and the makeup of this film. I normally turn a documentary off when the credits roll around, mm-hmm. but there were more songs playing, and I was like, how many songs am I going to get to hear that I haven't heard already in the thing? And so I, I watched till till the whole thing shut down and faded to black, and it hit zero, zero, zero on my – on iTunes. I rented it on iTunes, and it hit zero, zero, zero on iTunes just to make sure I heard every song. Yeah. It's, through the credits. It, oh, my gosh. The, and the music is so good, and that – you know what? I get we when we, when we do ratings, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. I gave it 
I gave it one rating before, but I think I'm going to have to raise my rating just based on the fact that it, it has introduced <laughs> me to music that I love. Yeah. So that that it gets extra credit for for that for me. So um, let's talk positives and negatives. Okay. It sounds like we, I mean we're, we've basically just been singing the praises of this movie for 20 minutes, but let's um, let's hone in on some specific stuff. What did you like about this? Uh, um, I mean, I I loved the storyline. I loved the impact that to hear the impact that he had on this movement within South Africa. Mm-hmm. I I love to hear the stories of these people as they see and and understand that Rodriguez is alive. Yeah. Um oh my gosh, the scene we didn't even talk about this. the scene yeah. where he goes out in front of the crowd yes. and they're just playing that bass riff for I wonder and like the crowd goes berserk. I mean, it's it's like the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And it is absolutely out of control. And, and I mean, even his kids compare it. He's like, it was like he was giving the audience a hug, just standing up there and saying, "Hey, what's up? I'm here." And the audience is returning the hug with literally ten minutes of applause. Yeah, of it, just standing ovation of, "Thank God you're alive." It gave me chills. <laughs> yes, it was so good. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I mean that whole that whole thing was was incredible because I mean when we we kind of rush through when you talk about a love story this is really this is the moment in which South Africa meets Rodriguez yes. for the first time and just that taken back and that awe of you exist like thank you for all that you have done for our country and you didn't even know it. It is the Jerry Maguire, you had me at hello. It, it is scene. 100% you had me at hello. <laughs> not, so. not to compare this this excellent documentary to Jerry Maguire. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I like Jerry Maguire, but th- this is this is a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but but it's, I mean, the whole thing is, is really cool. And you get to see some of his family and you get to see how he lives and who he is and, and what, a, what a great person this guy is mm-hmm. so i mean now granted i say all that there can always be a story come out of rodriguez did x y or z okay like everybody's human so i'm not saying that i'm not trying to compare rodriguez to jesus yeah he's not a saint no but i am saying that he is unbelievably likable yeah and unbelievably like humble as a person mm-hmm. so and that's really cool I would imagine – I always think this about these doc, these documentaries of discovery like this. I can imagine the documentarians being like, I'm so glad he's a nice guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, man, oh, yeah. if we had found this guy and he was like this angry, bitter curmudgeon, that would have been, it would, was, it would have been Win- Winnebago Man. If he was Winnebago Man, <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. If he was Jack Rebney. I'm so glad he wasn't Winnebago <laughs> Man. I'm so well, glad he's real. He's, <laughs> he's a star in South Africa, but he has this viral video in the U.S. about Winnebagos. Now, that's a movie. I'd see. If Jack Rebney were a rock star in South Africa, I would watch that. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's, okay, somebody make that movie. Somebody get on that right now. Yeah, somebody try to make Jack Rebney a rock star in South Africa. <laughs> yeah. That's that's quite a that would be a feat. So, um, but man, I'm with you. I mean, the the characters, the music, the the flow of the story is so tightly told, and so it's an 86 minute long movie. So every every yeah. scene is important. Everything moves the story along like like a good you know narrative. Oh, film. it should. It is not slow. I didn't, no. I didn't I didn't find one slow part in this whole documentary. No, this this was I've said this about several documentaries. This was the anti Sherman's March. <laughs> and I mean that in the best possible way. So many things for you are the anti Sherman's March. Anything I enjoy Anything is the anti Sherman's like. March. <laughs> 
All right. And uh, so, yeah, so lots of positives. I, 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 yeah, I can sit here and gush. Uh, the same stuff. I mean, the, the, I, I love the music. I love him. Uh, just the, the moment, that, that single scene where, where he walks out on stage and everybody just goes berserk. I love that. And yeah. I, I love that he continues to go back every once in a while. And not, not for money. I mean, clearly, it's, it's just because, like, he knows these people like it. And I'm sure there's a part of him that enjoys, you know, Having having that experience too. I mean, to to be able to create something and know that people enjoy it is beautiful. It's it's a great thing, and so to see that happen is is so moving and uplifting. It's so I mean, it's just it's great. I, I'm I just loved every minute of this movie. Yeah. So uh, any negatives for you at all? Very very small negatives. I would have liked to know a little bit more about the money. Yeah. But but I think they make a conscious choice to steer away from that. Which yeah. Is, which is okay. It I mean, could, yeah, we, when we mentioned before, that could have made that into a very – it could have tipped it toward this being a very cynical movie, movie yeah. about the record company and about how artists are always getting screwed. You know, right. that, that documentary is totally there in the editing room somewhere. Right. And I'm glad they I didn't mean, do it. And, it's, and so much so that I, – I think I mentioned this the first time that we did this, that when I bought the album, I seriously considered like – Mailing Rodriguez eight dollars. Yeah, <laughs> just to say, I want to make sure you got my money. Uh, I want to make sure that somebody didn't screw you out of this kind of thing. I really like but, that idea of just pirating albums and then yes, sending artists then sending uh, an envelope with ten dollars cash in it. <laughs> Threw my brain off slightly that his youngest daughter looks like Emma Stone, and that's the weirdest critique of a documentary I know, I've I know. ever heard. And 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 so when she's talking to you, I'm like. Why is the girl from EZA talking to me about <laughs> Rodriguez? About her Latino father. <laughs> yes. So, um, oh, that's something that that we didn't. Oh, we didn't, didn't talk about the talk the, about the race stuff. Yes. Yeah. Which I, I actually find pretty fascinating and important. Yeah. Let's hit that real quick. Okay. Um, to rewind and reset, one of the things that we we talked about the first time, but that I think is important is. Within the United States at the time, the music industry really was black and white. It really was you're making black music, you're making white music. You're either Elvis, Bob Dylan, or the Jackson Five. Yes, yeah, and, and I mean, and especially coming out of Detroit, you've got the Motown scene. You've got all these wonderful, great uh, black artists that are doing a phenomenal job. But I think who gets lost in all of this is the Latino. Yeah, and you have Rodriguez, who obviously. Rodriguez is not uh, – it's not what you would consider a white or black name. Yeah, and people I mean, people hear that and they expect to hear mariachi music yes, or, or whatever the yes. stereotype is for you know Latino music. And he's coming out with this folk sound. It's a very white sound. Yeah. And he's – you know, it is not – Yeah, notice we, we compared him to Bob Dylan and Paul Simon, not yeah, Santana. Right. And so like that, there's I mean, a reason for that. there's just not a giant Hispanic – um, or Latino kind of representation, and I think a lot of his failure in the United States was due to people people assumed that he was going to be playing mariachi music, or I mean, when they see the the word Rodriguez, they're just not going to buy it. I mean, yeah, so much of it is going to come off of do I like the album cover? Do I like? I mean, will I give this a chance? Like. You're literally for so much of it. You're judging a book by the cover. Oh, absolutely. Well, and and, we, and we, we always say not to do that. Everybody does oh, that. It, it happens. You have to. Yes. I mean, it's, I mean, it's you're, that's you're why books your, have covers. You're that's, spending your hard-earned money on a new album. Yeah. And so, are you going to buy? You know, are you going to buy the popular radio play? You know, 
whatever new Bob Dylan album mm-hmm. or are you going to buy Rodriguez? Yeah. And giving him a chance, especially at that time, I, I don't think black communities or white communities were just super open to giving Hispanics another chance. He really he was he was ahead of his time. Yes. I mean and, in in this age where you can you can stream things on Pandora or Spotify or whatever and word of mouth is a lot easier to spread and there's room for like indie artists to just sell yes. a few thousand records and still continue to work that he he would have done much better today. But when you needed a label and you needed radio play and you needed big distribution there, there was just no place for him. In yeah. that in that time, in that because, like you said, it was all like either white artists or black artists. Yeah, and I mean, even I mean, when you talk about radio play, like they banned him in South Africa, and on the record because the the country owned the radio stations, they had a copy of his album, and they literally for Sugar Man, which is about a drug dealer, um, they they'd taken a tool and scratched it off the record. So yeah. even if a DJ decided I'm gonna play this and you know get fired or whatever it wouldn't have been possible yeah it literally would not have been possible to play that song on the radio in south africa which drove up those sales yeah i mean, I mean the, which the, drove the more, up that 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 air that aura of oh we gotta have this. yeah the more taboo something becomes the the more interested the people yeah i mean that's just that's, that's the nature of controversy so um that's good, man. I had I had no negatives. I, I have yeah. nothing negative to say about this movie at all. Oh no, I, I, I loved mean, every those, minute of those it. negatives of mine are just yeah, I mean, minimal. Yeah, so. I, I I love I love a documentary that I can enjoy from from top to bottom and just be able to walk away from. And not only that, to continue to enjoy remnants of it through the soundtrack. Yes. This is the second time in my life I've bought a soundtrack to a documentary. First was King of Kong, <laughs> and um and so it was. And this is. So good. So anyway, uh, on that ratings, how would you rate this? Scale of one to ten. Uh, I'm going to keep my same rating as nine point five. That's a that's a big rating. That is so. a big rating. I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it a perfect ten. That's awesome. Simply because I will continue to listen to his music yeah. well beyond my interest in this documentary. Yes. So that that it intro- introduced me into to something that I love. Yeah, is, is great. that's great. So, um, really, really good. I'm, I, I've not seen the other four documentaries nominated, but I'm rooting for Searching for Sugar Man. It's, it, I mean, you yeah. know, again, I haven't seen the other ones, but it, it's going to be hard to beat this one, I think, in my mind. Yeah. Um, and on that note, our next episode, we're going to be talking about another nominated film for this year uh, called How to Survive a Plague, which is about um, trying to treat HIV in the 1980s and 90s. So, a little bit of a tonal shift <laughs> yeah. from uh, pop music in the 1970s. So. Um, but looking forward to it nonetheless. You can stream that on Netflix, and you can, uh, if you're looking for Searching for Sugar Man, you can either buy it or rent it on iTunes, or you can get it sent to you via Netflix. It's not streaming yet, but hopefully it will, because I think as many people need to see this as possible. Yeah, so it's excellent. It is excellent. So, John, thanks for uh, talking about Searching for Sugar All Man. Right. We'll see, see you guys next time. See you next time. Sex and I wonder, do you know who'll be next? I-